Welcome. I'm Lori Lee Benstock, host of a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. We know trauma and genetics contribute to mental health issues. However, we don't discuss how environmental toxins can also be to blame. Toxins impact nearly every aspect of your body and can damage the brain, leading to a variety of physical and mental symptoms, increasing the risk of depression, suicide, memory problems, autism, psychotic behaviors, and learning disorders. My guest today is Tanya Harris, an award-winning environmental toxin expert, the founder of Slightly Greener and the creator of the Slightly Greener Method, as well as the author of the Slightly Greener Method, detoxifying your home is easier, faster, and less expensive than you think. She is also a childhood leukemia survivor, mother of three, whose biggest passion is helping parents learn how toxins in the home can affect their family's health. Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I mean, this topic, I I love this topic because we don't talk about it enough. And I feel like it does affect our family's health. I have two small children. They have severe allergies, Um, but we're we're still, you know, kind of working through it. And, you know, I've been dealing with mental health issues for as long as I can remember stemming from PTSD. I was a childhood sexual abuse survivor, which kind of, which led to like anxiety, depression, and a misdiagnosis of, of bipolar. So when my husband and I decided to start our family, we kind of got serious on what can we do to support our mental health, our physical health. And, you know, we did, we did all of the research, you know, that we, we could do, you know, I understand there are toxins and cleaning supplies, foods, you know, my husband hates plastics, um, which we were just, <laughs> we we're talking about earlier. Um, right. However, much as, as, as much as I feel like we do, I feel like there's a possibility we're not doing enough. So I wanted to talk to you. And first of all, what inspired you to write the slightly greener method? Oh, well, that's a great question. It's just, um, I've always felt like I've had it in me. Uh, I started out doing this in 2006. And um, the more, I'll tell you that story in a second, but I guess really to get down to it, it's the book I wish I had when I first started out, because back in 2006, this information wasn't as readily available. And I started out way too hot and heavy, just getting rid of everything as I read about it and driving myself and my family crazy. So I realized there had to be a better way. So I started out realizing like, I don't have to memorize all the ingredients. I can just memorize some. So in the book, the first step I have you take is define your why, because um, we have learning disabilities and um, ADHD in my family with my kids. So my why might be different from someone else's why. So that's when we start narrowing down the ingredients that we want to avoid and just just remembering a few of those ingredient names rather than so many things. Um, So it's just kind of a roadmap, kind of a choose your own adventure style book, but toxin style. And um, it's for parents to really, or really anyone um, who's looking to detoxify their home, how to determine which toxins to prioritize avoiding for your own unique needs instead of doing all at once. Um, Because basically back in 2006, my son, who's um, 23 now, was starting to show some evidence of attention issues, which I had seen at home. But now that the school had seen him, the teacher called me in. And I don't know if it was my past too, as being a childhood cancer survivor and being told, be careful what you eat. But something in me just said, I just need a little more time. I went home and I researched wondering if something in our home could have something to do with it. 
And I found really that artificial colors and um, sodium benzoate preservative were, were two big things that could um, result in attention issues or behavior mm -hmm. issues. And I removed those from his diet and I went back to school a couple of weeks later and they didn't want to test him anymore. So we definitely didn't cure him, but we did lessen the symptoms enough. And from there, I just really got hooked and dug in and realized it's not just what we put in our bodies. It's what we put on our bodies and in our homes too. And what we breathe in also that really got me started on all of this. Yeah. You know, you do describe, you know, seeing drastic changes in your son who suffered from ADHD. What were the changes? Was, was there more than just the sodium benzoate and all the, the, the additives and all of that? And, and what improvements did you see where you were like, I, I, I'm, I'm hooked and I'm going to do this and I'm going to write a book and create this empire. <laughs> well, I think basically what we saw was maybe a little less fidgeting at home. Mm -hmm. um, but the biggest thing for me was the school saying we don't need to test him anymore. Um, but, you know, I always do say that we did not cure him. He's 23 now. He'll come home from college and he'll leave his car door open in the driveway, <laughs> you know, and we always <laughs> laugh about it, um, you know, because I think it's such a brilliant brain to have too. just the, the so, um, but th that's really kind of what we, we saw was just maybe a little less fidgeting and then the school seeing enough of him being able to pay attention longer. Mm -hmm. And then um, really once I did that and then I started digging in and realizing Hey, some of these things that they're saying are natural are really not. So then I would dig in some more. Um, so really writing the book is a culmination of 15 years of helping myself and my family and clients. And what I really just want to get the word out about that I'm so passionate about is that we don't have to be perfect. And the information is scary because I know so many people that I talk to, their eyes kind of start glazing over as soon as I say what I do. Um, I don't blame them, it's a big heavy topic, but what we should know is that we have more control than we think we do. There's really small changes that we can make. We don't have to be perfect. One of the things in the book I talk about is follow the 80-20 rule, if anything, because it's so good with so many different areas of life. But this too, if we can buy safer, more non-toxic products 80% of the time, then we don't have to worry about that 20% of the time where we don't have control or our kids are at a friend's house or we're traveling. We don't have to put so much pressure on ourselves. Wow. I love that. Could you explain in detail how environmental toxins can be harmful besides with these disorders and what did they actually do? There's so many different ways that toxins can affect our bodies. They can be toxic to the brain and nervous system. Some affect the respiratory system and others are endocrine disruptors. So there's, there's just a whole lot of ways that they can um, interrupt our body's processes. Because for one thing, um, the ones that act as hormone disruptors are called endocrine disruptors. And the short definition of that is an endocrine disruptor is a man-made chemical that can come into the body and cause the hormones to either overproduce or underproduce or can mimic or block hormones also. So when you do that and our hormones are our chemicals body or body's chemical messengers, they control every function of the body. So you can see where so many different health effects can come in. It can mm -hmm. be, you know, affect the brain, cardiovascular, hunger, um, just about anything, even sleep. So really when anything like that can come into the body and affect those hormones, so many different body systems can be affected. Right. Cause it's all integrative, you know, for me, both my children struggle with seasonal allergies and God knows how many other allergies we, I don't even feel like we've really tested for indoor allergies, but my husband and I, 
we are pretty good, but are there negative consequences for going green? That's a great question. I have never been asked that before, but I love it. Um, I think the negative consequences are just if you do start out too hot and heavy, like I did, and you drive yourself and your family crazy. Um, (laughs) And I mean, I think that's a big thing too, because so many people start and stop because it's kind of like dieting. Mm. It's like, oh, I did so good today, but I ate a bagel tonight. So I'm done. (laughs) You know, I, I already blew my diet. So I'm done. I feel like it's the exact same thing for toxins that, you know, we do, we do good. We buy right products. We do this, we do that. And then we do one bad thing. We have one slip and we're like, that's it. I'm done. You know, that's that's common with so many of my clients too. So I think that is the biggest drawback to going green. Um, it's a hard question just because I feel like, um, I get really excited about it because I've kind of developed four steps too. If you want to go into that, um, that are four steps you can take in your home that will really have kind of a big bang for your buck to get your home detoxified pretty quickly. And I'm so glad you mentioned toxics because it's, I mean, plastics, because it's actually the first one I talk about. Ooh, let's Um, talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great one because I think it's such an easy step to do. So the four steps, I call it the read method, just because that helps me remember when I talk Mm -hmm. about it, but I'm hoping it helps other people too. So um, it's R-E-A-D and the R stands for um, replace plastics in the kitchen. So it's one of the biggest things I like to talk about because they are hormone disrupting chemicals, many of them that are in these plastics, especially phthalates and BPA. So you might've remembered phthalates. They were in the news a few years ago about how they're linked to lower IQ in children um, Mm -hmm. who are born to mothers who had the highest levels. And then BPA is linked to behavior issues. So there's two that affect the brain right there in a big way. Not, not only mentioning or not to mention the hormone disrupting qualities they can have too. So one of the first things I do is recommend getting rid of the plastics in your kitchen. We don't have to go crazy everywhere in our house because that can be expensive, but again, it's small steps. So I believe if you start taking them out in the kitchen and slowly removing um, your food storage containers and replacing your plastic version with a glass version. And if you look at your food storage containers and you have a lot, just remember, just replace your one or two most used first and go on from there. Same thing with your plastic water bottles. Um, The reusable water bottles are not a great option, even the ones labeled BPA-free, because Mm. BPA is um, endocrine disrupting. And what they do is BPA stands for bisphenol A. So a lot of times what companies will do is they'll replace that bisphenol A with bisphenol S or bisphenol F, which have just about the same qualities, if not a little bit stronger than that BPA. So again, going through your food storage containers, your reusable water bottles, that type of thing, and never heat your plastic or put it in the dishwasher or put a hot food into a plastic container. So if you, if you still have some plastic containers, just use those for like dry foods or like pretzels or snacks, trail mix, anything like that. Um, Just as long as you're not putting those hot foods into them, because that can cause those chemicals to leach. That's so interesting. Yes. We have all of our, our um, Tupperware their, their glass, even we don't, we don't even really use storage, um, like Ziploc bags. We have those silicone stashers oh, we yeah. have. So, and, um, most of our water bottles are like, you know, I don't, I guess the, the metal or whatever, but we do have some of the other pl- plastic ones that were given to us, you know, whenever you like run a race, um, right. but they do say BPA free. So that's why I was like, Oh, it's okay. So I guess there's probably going to (laughs) go. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, and we keep a couple on hand too, for like when people come over and like, if somebody wants to take one. So, I mean, you know, it, it's all about being slightly greener. So those are the ones that I kind of put in the back of the bot of the shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't bear to part with them, but yeah, I agree. It's, and it's so hard and it's confusing too, with all these labels, not knowing if BPA free is truly safer or not. Well, that's fascinating. I'm glad you, you, you said that. Cause I, I had no idea my husband, when we were buying toys for our children, everything was wood. We didn't really buy, you know, all the plastic toys came from, you know, they were gifts and then we would turn them. I'm sorry to anyone who's listening. He's like, oh, we bought you guys plastic toys for the kids. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the this was very, my husband felt very strongly about that. Even my kids have been drinking out of glass. Does silicone have any issues with any or toxins? I think it's a, a safer option. And a lot of the glass, like, um, is it Life Factory? That's a great brand because they have a silicone sleeve, but they also have silicone lids. I mm-hmm. think that's a better option because they're food grade. You can also freeze in those sometimes. Um, but I do think that's a safer option. And I love that you brought up um, your kids drinking out of glass for as long as you can remember. Because the one thing I also like to say is my number one rule is no mom guilt. Because <laughs> a lot of times when we find out all this stuff and we're like, oh my gosh, because I mean, for me, I've been doing this. I mean, my son's 23, my oldest. So it's like back then we didn't have this and I gave him all the plastics, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, we d- we do the best with the information we know what exactly. we have. And then when we know better, we can do better. But I know for a lot of people, it is scary to find out this information. I also have a picture of my son on his first birthday. And I talk about triclosan being, it's an antibacterial, but it's also a hormone disruptor. And on his first birthday, I have a picture of him in his high chair with a big microband, which is, you know, and a big antibacterial written right across his high chair tray. So it's like, I just always like to tell people when we find this information out, no mom guilt. (laughs) Right, right. It's like, you don't know. No. And we think we do. We think we're doing the best we can for our kids. But at the same time, we have to take that pressure off ourselves to be perfect also. Exactly. So you, you were saying in the read method, there was replace. And then E. Yep. Eat organic as often as possible. And I know that this is a tough one, but a lot of the pesticides that are used can also be hormone disrupting. And some of them are also linked to ADHD. So they can affect brain health. So the good news is that when we eat organic produce, that our pesticide levels in our bodies drop dramatically after just a few days. And I know sometimes it can be expensive or you go to the store, which I've done a few times the past few days, and they don't have the organic version of what you want. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people might've heard this rule, but I love the um, environmental working groups, dirty dozen and clean 15 lists. So Mm -hmm. the dirty dozen list is their top 12. I think there's more, but I think their main list is um, the dirty dozen. Those are the uh, produce that they tested that have the highest levels of pesticide residue. So those are the ones that you should buy organic as often as possible, but then they have their clean 15 list. And that's the produce that has been found to have the lowest levels of pesticide residues. So if you have the choice between buying organic or just regularly, regularly conventionally grown, you can go ahead and not have to buy the organic version of what's on the clean 15 list. So that's kind of one way to get around it. But if you can do that for just a few days, um, those pesticide levels will drop. And so, and this is my husband and I have gotten into this argument because sometimes I'm like, oh, but the kids really wanted, you know, bananas and they didn't have organic bananas, but, and I know those are, those are part of the clean 15, right? Cause I guess they had that thick, skin. thicker skin, but mm-hmm. my husband's like, but it's growing. It's still growing 
you know, I, I, and I don't know what, if it's, if it's still a risk, is it even just a little bit? Oh yeah. Well, that's a great question. And I guess my answer to that is we really don't know necessarily how these are grown. And I know with organic too, they do have still pesticide residues on them. And I think the study I read was on organic potatoes. It's still found like, I forget how many pesticides residues on the potato, even after it had been peeled and the uh-huh. potato has got a skin on it. So, but the way for me to answer that question is, I mean, I would go with organic for most, but since that's on the clean 15, I would buy the clean 15, but what comes down to it for other things that you can't buy organic of at that time, it's better to just eat the fruit than not have those nutrients. Mm-hmm type of thing. So, um, I would recommend still just buying what you can and, you know, just buying what you can, when you can, and still just getting those nutrients from that fresh produce. Right. Well, that's excellent. Okay. So eat organic a. Yep. A is avoid artificial fragrance. Mm. And that's because that one term fragrance can contain dozens and dozens of different chemicals. So you see that one word and you don't know exactly what's in it because this is kind of surprising, but Um, fragrance is considered to be a trade secret. So the companies do not have to disclose which ingredients they use to make up that fragrance. So they're usually made up of cancer causing chemicals or um, runs that are respiratory irritants or can cause allergies, or that can be toxic to the brain and nervous system. So that explains too, why sometimes when you're around air fresheners or candles, you kind of get like that sore throat or you get a headache Mm. or you get a little fatigued. Um, that's because we just don't know necessarily what's in those uh, fragrances. I recommend avoiding plug-in air fresheners and aerosol sprays. They've also done studies too, where they found that um, mothers in houses where aerosol sprays were used had, I think it was 25% more depression. Mm. So even though we're just inhaling these chemicals, which we don't necessarily think would affect us, they really are. So if we can avoid scented candles with artificial fragrance and any type of plug-in air freshener, those can make a big difference in our health too. Wow. Or actually body lotion. I mean, anything, any personal care product fragrances in, and sometimes you'll also see parfum. Wow. Yes. Yes. I do see that. And I'm just yeah. assuming that's, that's a trade secret. Right. Exactly. So if um, you can avoid products like that and you look for things that are scented with essential oils, that, that can make a big difference. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So D. Okay. D this is the one that not a lot of people like to hear about it, but it's destroy dust. So dust. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but again, we're, we're slightly greener here. We're not going all the way. So I recommend, um, just cleaning the areas of your home where you spend the most time. And that's because household dust is actually one of the biggest exposures to toxins in your home. And they've found things like, um, I think a study at George Washington university found flame retardant chemicals, uh, phthalates, which again, are hormone disruptors. So are flame retardant chemicals in addition to a bunch of other things um, and even lead. So even if your house doesn't contain lead, you could be bringing it in on things like shoes or whatever you bring into your home. Right. So there's a lot of chemicals in there linked to health effects. So what I recommend doing is if you have toddlers or kids who play on the floor a lot, dust those areas most often, or the areas where your family spends the most time, like a family room, bedrooms, concentrate there. And then the rest of your house you can do on a regular dusting schedule and then do like a HEPA filter and make sure you dry and damp mop, dry dust and damp mop. Because if you sweep up or if you just kind of like take a rag and dry, dry mop with um, anything like that, you're spreading the dust around or using a Swiffer. 
Mm-hmm. You're kind of spreading it. So I rec- recommend using either a DIY dusting spray or a safer brand, but definitely damp mopping and damp dusting are two big things you can use. Excellent. Well, what are your thoughts? Cause I know we were talking about food a little bit um, when we were talking about eat organic, what are your thoughts about sugar? Sugar? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, <laughs> avoiding it definitely as much as possible. <laughs> um, but there's so many different names for sugar. I think there's the last I read that I can remember is 67 different names for sugar. So even if you're looking on the back of a cereal box, sometimes you'll see six different sources of sugar. That's a big question, but I'd say avoid it as often as you can. If it's between that and an artificial sweetener, like a aspartame, go for the regular sugar though. So Mm -hmm. it makes no sense. But I always say, if you're going to have a pop, do the Coke rather than the diet Coke type of thing, use the regular Mm -hmm. sugar. Actually, because we we don't keep sugar in our house. We -hmm. we do like around the holidays when I'm like, okay, I'm going to bake stuff for our friends. But we have like I think it's xylitol, erythritol, and then we have stevia and monk fruit. But then I was reading, my husband sent me something about stevia being a hormone disruptor as well. Mm-hmm. So then what? It, which one's worse, the, the stevia or like the sugar? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say if you can get like a, a lot of, some sugar is non-GMO. Mm-hmm. like a cane sugar. That's what I would recommend using over the stevia since they're starting to find that maybe it has some hormone disrupting qualities. Yeah. That's what that, I was really surprised by that. I was like, Oh, cause I was reading, I was like, maybe I can grow stevia in my yard and then oh, I can, I you know, <laughs> and then my husband was just like, well, did you know? And then he sent me a little article. I, I I'm like, well, what's, well, what is safe if you're going for a, an alternative for sugar? What does your family use? I actually don't use sugar that often. I weaned myself off and I really did, <laughs> you wow. know, because it's so addicting. It so, is. Um, I don't use it in my cooking right now, but I mean, I would use straight up. I, I, since we don't do it very often and my brand is slightly greener, I just use like a non-GMO project verified sugar. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And trying to think that's a great question. Cause we really just, I don't have it on hand or really any sweetener, surprisingly. (laughs) So that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I wish I had a better answer, but personally in my own kitchen, that's what I use. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right answer, but I mean, there's things too, like I'll substitute an organic maple syrup for sugar, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So I do do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. There's some great substitutes out there. There really are. And I feel like we have a lot of them, but then it's just like, I, cause I remember like years ago using agave Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, this is great. I love agave. I can make these really chewy cookies with them. And then I was reading about like other things about it. It's just, it's funny how like all these new sweeteners, you're, you're learning new things about them. And I'm like, Oh, I know you're so close. I know it's hard to keep up. I know like applesauce. Sometimes I use an organic applesauce as a sweetener. So -hmm. there's a lot of different ways that you can, and you can Google it too, like alternatives to sugar and Mm -hmm. find some of these healthier versions. And I think that's probably the best answer to what I do at my house, because that's what I, I keep on hand, but I do love hearing that your husband is doing all this research (laughs) um, because I feel like it's the same way in my home, but I have a little bit of a problem too, where it's like, how do you get your family on board? Because not everybody's family is completely on board with it. Yeah. I think it's a great thing, but I actually side note, side story, (laughs) my daughter, for anyone out there who's struggling with this, it is definitely a journey and not um, a definitive thing. Right. But uh, my husband does 
follow what I do and he's very supportive and he does the best, but he came home last summer, I think with some products that I would not, <laughs> I talk about all the time that I would not buy. And I just kind of looked at him and I'm like, you know, I have a blog. <laughs> like, have you watched my videos? You know, just kind of joking with them. But at the same time, I'm like, we can't, we don't do this. And I let a lot of things slide. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I talk about in the book too, is how to find your deal breakers. And he brought home some stuff that had my deal breaker ingredients. Wow. And my daughter is 18 and she just looked at me and she goes, when can we have a normal house? <laughs> and I was like, so our hand soap like affects you <laughs> my choice in hand soap <laughs> oh that's so funny yeah it's so funny yes because we we also we ha- we have hand soap that's just those like little pot like little pods they're like wax and uh-huh. then the inside is the soap and, and then you kind of squeeze it in then you dilute it with water <laughs> I like it <laughs> yes that is those are our hand soap too <laughs> It's, 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 it's funny. Cause my husband, so my husband's been doing this for a very long time since like, cause I have some young children. So my children are three and um, three and six. And so they were kind of, they kind of grew up this way. They, mm-hmm. they, they know like he, like, I'm, I'm more like your husband. Like I kind of brought home some snacks and I, I just remember him looking into the bag and he's just like, can we not buy these anymore? And then my son looked at him. He's like, there's no added sugar. And he was like, and he's three. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was just like, it was all like natural fruit in there, but um, right. yeah. But even my husband's just like, well, I mean, you can make this yourself. I'm like, that's going to take me forever. <laughs> so, right. But he's like, you know, yes, that is that my, I feel like my children are, are used to it. My daughter's like, this tastes like this has a lot of sugar in it. She will choose like regular ice cream. We do get like keto ice cream sometimes that doesn't have high sugar, especially if she's eating it before bed. Mm -hmm. She gets a little hyper before bed and we want her to go to sleep. I'm pretty sure she'll be fine choosing any ice cream, but I'm, that's kind of how she grew up. Like we've always had those kind of ice creams or my husband makes homemade ice cream. Um, (laughs) that's a great way to do it too (laughs) yeah and you know well speaking of I mean you were talking about DIY things what are some of your favorite DIY stuff oh well I love to make my own cleaning products and I also love to say I am the least domestic person you'll ever meet basically (laughs) like I mean I can burn water I can make chicken chips because I (laughs) burn the chicken Um, but I feel like I can make 22 chapsticks in four minutes So I really feel that if I can do this lifestyle, anybody can, because you can DIY your own things. But at the same time, the great news is that all these companies are starting to listen. And there's so many new products coming out now that are truly safer if you choose that route. But a lot of times um, I love to make my own window cleaner, which I can make in literally under a minute. Mm -hmm. I can make my toilet bowl cleaner, my oven cleaner, and my carpet stain remover in like less than 30 seconds they're the same two ingredients. So if you keep things on hand, like baking soda and vinegar and distilled water, you can probably make, I don't I can't even count how many different cleaning products you can make. Wow. And do you have this on a web, on your website where people can actually say, Oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do that. I do. I do have some of them. I have um, a few on my Instagram. I'm trying to get better with my Instagram and doing some of these recipes. (laughs) We were talking about that. Um, So I have some there, but basically Vinegar and baking soda are not necessarily going to clean, like get rid of germs, but they're great degreasers. Mm. So you can do a stovetop cleanup with you sprinkle baking soda and then spray vinegar on top of that. And it'll foam up like a, 
eighth grade science experiment, like the volcano. <laughs> so it's no. so cool to watch. And um, if you do the same thing, sometimes for your carpet, depending on the stain, and I think I've gotten 99% of my stains out, you can actually see it lift the stain out of the carpet as you are spraying that vinegar. So there's so many different things. A window cleaner is just a mixture of um, distilled water and white vinegar. I mean, it's as easy as that. So one thing I think is easy to do is to buy vinegar in glass bottles every once in a while. You don't have to do it every time because it is a little pricier. And then save all of your, your spray bottle caps, the screw on spray bottles. And then you can just create your own and save all of your glass bottles and all of your spray pumps. Wow. So I'm, I'm curious because it does vinegar kill germs or is it like a oh, great point? It does kill germs. It can okay. kill germs. It's, it's not a disinfectant, but okay, it does okay. kill germs. You can use it for like E. coli and stuff like that on your countertops. Just don't mm -hmm. use it on granite or marble because it can etch or anything stone. Oh. Um, it does kill, but when you're using the baking soda and vinegar together, it neutralizes it and doesn't actually like clean, but it does decrease. Okay. Mm -hmm. But Excellent. you can definitely spray it on something and leave it. Um, that's a, that's a good point. We have one of those, the, you know, the force of nature. Oh, the spray. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite. Yes. Yes. We do. We do love it. My children, my yeah. children love to, to make the solution with, um, um, the little packets it comes in and just that's, that's what we use to clean the surfaces and their toys yes. because it's, you know, it's safe. It is. And I've replaced almost all of my cleaning products with it. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. I've used that as my carpet stain remover. It has removed some stains. I was like, I was amazed, but that's the great thing about that. Cause it is fun to make. And some mm -hmm. of these DIYs too, is you can get your kids involved and yeah. you know, when they're small, not when they're older like mine, but when they're younger, they do like to go clean. So then you can feel good about them being around that. Um, and the other thing too, is kids are more susceptible to the health effects of all of these chemicals. So anything I've mentioned tonight affects kids and adults the same way, but kids are definitely more susceptible because they don't have the detoxification pathways necessary to get these chemicals detoxified and then flushed out of their bodies as quickly as an adult can. And their, their skin is thinner. They breathe air more air pound for pound, eat more food pound for pound. And we don't know what a lot of these chemicals do when they're younger and synergistically through more years of life. So I always like to point that out too, that we should be using, especially cleaning products and things like that, that we can easily control um, around our kids because they are so much more vulnerable to the health effects. Like you were talking about earlier about candles, like my we make our candles, my kids, well, my kids kind of make the awesome. candles. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, I feel like we, we, we do, we do a lot. And I feel like it's, you know, earlier I'm like, maybe I don't do enough. Like maybe I should be doing more now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe I do yeah. too much, but my <laughs> husband's involved so he can handle it. <laughs> right now. It sounds amazing. And, and I do think, I love what you're saying too, because when you get the kids involved or making your own candles, because again, there's great candle brands out there that are safer, but how fun is it to make your own? So mm -hmm. You know, it's just a great, I think it's a great fun lifestyle and it doesn't mean that you have to be in your kitchen 24 hours a day, slaving away. A lot of these things are fun, or you can buy a safer brand. There are so many different fun options that you can customize it to your lifestyle is how I feel. What advice do you give to people who would love to go greener, but find the idea of starting to be overwhelming? Because I, that was how I felt when my husband, you know, my, my husband wanted to do the first thing I remember is him wanting to do away with paper towels. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, I mean, I knew I was overwhelmed and I think I kind of had to do it because he just started doing it and I just kind of followed along um, and now I'm grateful. But what advice do you give to people who are thinking about it? Right. Well, there's a couple different types of advice I give depending on because everybody's so different, but really I would say start small. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like for me, I don't necessarily like to start small. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go home and do it. I'm going to do all of it. But then that doesn't work. It backfires on us, backfires on our families. It can be expensive. Um, so what I recommend doing is define your why. That's my number one thing. Because if you can define your why, then you can look at all of these ingredients and all these things around you that have to do with that why. So for instance, I used the example at the beginning, the learning disabilities and the ADHD. So any toxic ingredient I knew of that affected those things, those became my deal breaker ingredients. So really there's like three or four. I did, I didn't want to go crazy. So now when I go to the store or when someone goes to the store, they just have to remember a couple of ingredient names rather than a bunch of ingredient names. Um, And just remember too, that we're not perfect. This isn't about having the most perfect non-toxic house. We have to actually you know, enjoy our lives. And if we tell ourselves or our kids, you know, no more cookies ever again, we're done with that. That doesn't work. And I know that from personal experience, (laughs) they're going to go to a friend's house and they're going to have 60 cookies as compared to the few they'd have at home, because we don't want them, our kids or our spouses or anyone to resent this lifestyle because that's when they're going to rebel. Right. I agree. Right. So keeping that, that balance. And again, keep in mind that 80, 20 rule all the time. Um, so I think really the three things I say in the book are find your deal breakers, which I just kind of explained the ones that have to do with any health protocol or any health issue that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is choose your top one or two. And that's really, um, in the book, I talk about three main areas of the home. So it doesn't overwhelm anybody. I talk about foods and beverages, personal care and beauty products and cleaning products. And if you can choose your top one or two most used, most toxic products in each of those three categories and just replace those first, just then just go on from there. That can make a big difference too. And then the last one again is that 80-20 rule. And whether that's 80-20, you follow it or 60-40, however you start out the best is is great as long as you start. Yeah. I feel like once you do start, you just keep going. And I I mean, even I'm on board, like when my husband finds all these new things because he just started and it's just everything now I feel like um but it is it, it is it is great and actually talking to you I feel like it it validates all of the things that he, okay. he says okay <laughs> so, um, so he'll he'll love that I don't know if he'll like me picking on him so much but I, I thought like, it was all good <laughs> yeah yeah it is I know, yeah I know. Um, <laughs> well is there anything you would like to add um I I really think that we we're talking about this and talking about what toxins to avoid and, you know, detoxifying, doing this and doing that. But I also think it's about what you get. And just like we were talking about the cleaning products, you really don't need a different cleaning product for every surface. So when you start this lifestyle and you realize you really only need a few things, I feel like the house becomes a calmer, happier, like haven basically, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I had 30 something cleaning products when I first started. Now I have, I think three in there. Um, And then when you clean out your pantry and realize, and actually the slightly greener greener method too helps you go through and decide what to get rid of, what to keep, how to keep it. Same thing with your cosmetics. Um, 
you know, you, you get more organized, you feel better, you can see your things, you might not have things in your home that are contributing to health issues like headaches or allergies. So I really feel like once you do do this and you do feel some of the effects, it just keeps getting easier and easier to do. Right. I agree. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go through all my makeup. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so, yes. Well, thank you so much thank for you. joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. And I, I just love the knowledge you provided. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love this. <laughs> Absolutely. That was Tanya Harris, award-winning environmental toxin expert, the founder of Slightly Greener and the creator of the Slightly Greener Method and the author of The Slightly Greener Method, Detoxifying Your Home is Easier, Faster, and Less Expensive Than You Think. To learn more about Tanya, please visit my website at tstpodcast.com. That's letter A, tstpodcast.com. There you can find the link to purchase her book and all her information. You can also find my social media platforms at the top of my homepage. Tanya has also contributed to August's issue of Authentic Insider, which you can find at my website. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to my email list to get Authentic Insider Magazine in your inbox monthly. You've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Take care. Oh,